hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hello. I am really tired, but I'm showing up for you guys today the best of my ability and making sure the camera's not set to slow motion which it was last week <laughs> and for some reason I just never realized and well, anyway I had to delete that video but I'm here we're in the middle of a launch for the holistic HA practitioner certification which by the way we just is open for enrollment right now and we did just add um, a bonus workshop 
three day, well, three session workshop over three days. It's not three full days um, to help you actually build your business plan, figure out your ideal client, get your website funnels going, all that stuff. So if you want to do the certification and become an HA practitioner or HA coach, but you feel like, I don't know if I actually have the business idea or if I have the ability to build that out and actually be successful and actually get clients, our whole goal is to hold your hand through that process as well as giving you the actual information and coaching skills to be an HA coach. So just so you know, that is taken care of for you. Um, so the link is in the description to check that out. But alas, let us dive in to today's episode, which is Q&A. <laughs> last week I was gonna do, last week I had uploaded a whole unexplained infertility podcast, YouTube video. It didn't work out, but the, the audio is actually up on the podcast. If you do want to still listen to get that information, I don't feel like re-recording that episode right now, but the audio is successfully up on the podcast. Okay, let's dive in. <sighs> through Instagram, submit your questions through Instagram or the comments below. Okay, Duvessa says, hi Danny. I hope you'll see my message. I just discovered your podcast a while ago and I truly have to say it transformed my way of thinking and is massive support in my HA recovery journey. I love that. Makes me happy. I used to work out high intensity interval training every day, two hours a week. That's a lot. I am not doing this anymore, but there is one thing I'm, but it is one thing I miss so much is boxing. The 50 minute boxing and hit session is something I just love. So I was wondering if I can try to do a boxing session once a week or maybe once a month and still recover. Other things I do is just light walking or Pilates or yoga, no sweating, no high BPM, and also eating a lot every day without restriction or counting calories. What do you think? I mean, I suppose once a month, if you did a boxing session, I don't think that that's a really big problem. I think you're probably okay. But those who have been here a long time know what I'm gonna say. Maybe just start tracking your temperatures at a minimum, track your, your signs of progress, make sure you're not, it's not causing you much detriment. You don't mention how long you've been in recovery or if you're even in, yeah, you are, but you don't mention how long you've been at it. So that's gonna matter too. If you've been in recovery for a really, really, really long time and you're feeling like you wanna bring exercise back in, but you still haven't recovered, it's probably not worth you thinking about that. It's probably worth you thinking about why you haven't recovered yet and what the other stuff is. So it may not be that you're exercising too much. That may be fine, you know, but if you're not eating enough, that's a problem. And if you think, because you mentioned here, I'm not restricting, I'm doing good. Okay, that depends. If you've been in recovery for six months, you're not eating enough. If recovery for six months and you're not really training and don't have your period back, you probably aren't eating enough. So those are definitely things to keep into account. You know, that's what, that's why we do what we do, right? I don't know you super personally. I can't be hundred percent certain everything in this video is my thoughts and opinions and not medical advice. Um, so you always have to take into account that I don't have the full picture. 
right? But like boxing once a month, if you've only been in recovery for a short period of time and things look like they're moving forward and you're seeing signs of progress, it's probably not gonna break the bank, but like also is once a month it really gonna scratch your itch that it's even worth the risk? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Next question, Zainep, 17 year old. You, you teens always ask very interesting questions, so here we go. Hi, I'm a 17 year old girl who's suffering from HA and for about a month I've noticed some discharge, cervical mucus, sometimes a lot. I've been prioritizing eating fats, proteins and carbs and walking every day. I know you're not a doctor, but do you think I'll get my period back soon? Look, all of that sounds great. Of course I think you'll get your period back soon. I also have absolutely no idea. I don't know what your starting weight is. Don't know um, the severity of it. You know, you could be prioritizing fats, proteins, and carbs, but prioritizing for you could be totally different to me. My idea of enough fat is like 100 grams. There's other people's idea of enough fat is 50. So all of that really matters. So I would really figure out what, like the specifics of that. Do you know what I mean? Same with like, and I'm, and I'm only walking every day. Depends how far. If you're replacing your high intensity interval training with a five mile walk, well, that's gonna be too much. So know that I don't think you're gonna get your period back really soon. So just be uh, specific with yourself Write it down, what are the facts? Is this actually a really, really big walk? Are you lying to yourself? Or are you like, no, I'm walking around the block twice a day, it's not a big deal. Yes, I think you're doing great and you're on track for recovery. Okay. Aruba, Aruba, she asks, hi. I came across your TikTok videos and I wanted to ask for some advice. I haven't had a period in three months. I've gotten pretty questionable relationship with food to the point where recently it started giving me a lot of anxiety. Questionable relationship, I love that. Especially when I have no control over what I'm eating. I've lost about 20 kilos over the last three years and never lost or had any issues with my cycle until recently. Recently, it's gotten to the point where I'll feel emotionally distressed if I don't exercise or at least have some form of activity daily in order to feel okay about eating food, even though I know I need to be, hang on, <laughs> sorry, I was like checking the battery power on the thing and I lost my spot. Okay, recently it's gone to the point where I'll feel emotionally distressed if I don't exercise or at least have some form of activity daily in order to feel okay about eating food, even though I know I need to be in a surplus to get my period back. For reference, I'm 164 centimeters tall and I weigh around 56 to 57 kilograms. Thank you for that helpful information. Also, I'm unable to invest in any programs or coaching because I'm a student and I can't afford it at the moment. I also lift weights at the gym, but have stopped that for about two weeks now to reduce stress on my body. Okay. There's no question here. 
Sorry. Um, so let's try and understand what the question here is. I don't see the question, but I will say 164 centimeters, 56 to 70, sorry, 56 to 57 kilograms is lean for your height. So I already know that makes sense. Um, you've lost 20K, 20 kilos over that time. You're super similar to me in my starting weight. I never even got as light as that. I've had many clients your height and weight. So that fast weight loss is probably gonna be your issue. And you probably don't need to invest in a program. If you're mentally and emotionally ready for this process, dive in, eat food, stop restricting. You may need to get yourself back up to the weight you were before you lost your period. And you know, if weight loss is something that's in your future again, that's totally fine. Um, you're just gonna have to start again and do things differently. I hope that helped. Let me know if you were actually looking for different advice and I misunderstood your question. Okay. Let's do another one. How long have we been going? Almost 10 minutes. Okay. Katie asks, Hey Danny, thank you very much for your post on fasting. It alerted me to an uncomfortable part of my recovery that I've been in denial of. If I could share, I'd be really interested in your opinion on this and if any of your other clients have found this to be part of their recovery journey. Essentially, I haven't quote unquote fasted from the chronic stress of, pin, um, of pining over a breakup. Embarrassing to admit. I broke up with my ex in June, 2022. I had a copper IUD removed in July, 2022 and haven't had a period since then. He is from Ethiopia. And although we don't talk anymore, I'm actively studying Amarak, one of the languages in Ethiopia, because of its fascinating language. And also, although I don't expect we'll ever get back together, I'd like to be able to speak with him in his language if I ever did see him again as a Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in... Do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit. Or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food, and what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful Thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked 
and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery. So to get the checklist, all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you. You can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Nice surprise. Am I crazy? Would, (laughs) I love this. Okay, would fasting from studying this language help me to reconnect from what's going on inside with what's going on inside, similar to taking a break from the advice of podcasts, etc. I'm gonna pause right here to give you guys context. I did a fasting video a while back. that was like fasting for HA recovery. It's not what you think. And um, talked about like fasting from the things that you're obsessing about that may be causing you to not make changes and, and keeping you in a stress state. Something along the lines of that. You can check it out if you feel like, what's this got to do with fasting? You'll know if you watch that video. Um, okay. The language of a walk in the forest or baking a loaf of bread is also fascinating. Would it be wiser to study after I'm recovered and have a fully nourished mind? This may be too much information, but I've also chosen celibacy for the past year and I'm curious about how sexual sexual activity or lack thereof is linked to HA recovery. It's not. Um... My period has been on and off, mostly off, from the ages of 18 to 31. No period at all before 18. And it returned during the times when I was A, weight restored, B, sexually active. The two are likely connected, but the idea of both scare me at this point and make me uncomfortable and overwhelmed. Can pining after an ex and or continuing to bruise a broken heart over one year later with this love, with this language learning affect my recovery. So I think that the connection between being sexually active and HA would just come from like, if you're out there pursuing relationships or intimate moments with other people, like on Tinder and stuff, you actually may be aiding and just helping to kind of push the, the process, like the hormonal act, you know, you're enticed, you're, maybe you're in love, you're interested, you, you may be helping to fire those things up, which may help, but I think that's it. The actual act of intercourse in and of itself to the knowledge I have and to what I believe has been researched is not there. However, could something come out one day where they're like, having intercourse even if you don't feel like it helps bring your period back, but that doesn't feel particularly feminist. <laughs> I don't know how that research is going to go down. Side note, I am entering an eating disorder treatment program to help me interrupt my chronic under-eating and over-exercising tendencies. It's clinical and based on Western medicine. I'm excited and willing to give it my best shot, but also wonder if it might be helpful for us to work together on the side. Oh, okay. This is about coaching. Um, All right. Looking forward to your reply. And sorry for this mega long message. 
thank you for the space to clarify my thoughts and dig into the nuances. I don't know if you filled out our coaching application, but you can go to our website and the notes will be the link will be in the show notes to fill out the application and then we can probably have a whole conversation about um, working together if you want to do that. But I, what's so interesting here is like we went through this whole email about like the breakup and you thinking like maybe I need to fast from it. I mean, absolutely you need to fast from pining over your ex. Everyone does. Absolutely not. He doesn't deserve you, especially if he left you. Let's just be real. But we went through all of this like, oh, curious. This could be a really stressful thing for you to be like, I'm going into a program to interrupt my chronic under eating and over exercising tendencies. So whatever those tendencies are, they have a lot more to do with your missing menstrual cycle than pining over your ex, first and foremost. But yes, you should still fast from that. You should still not do that. You are worth so much more. You come first. Let's go through this ED program. And then when it comes to like working, maybe it is a good question for everyone. When it comes to working together on the side while you go through your program, you know, in the past, we have worked with people who have EDs um, and who have tried to recover their menstrual cycle before recovering from their ED. And we actually think that that is a distraction. So we won't take people on who are not mostly, at least on the other side of their ED treatment program, because Sometimes people trying to get their period back without addressing the ED first, and this isn't you because you're saying, I'm, I'm going to address it, can we do it at the same time? Um, but just for anyone who's like thinking of doing this in HA recovery instead of ED, who needs to do ED, that's just a distraction. That's you being like, let's see if I can just get healthy but also maintain my ED. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's see if I can just get around this and be the unicorn and like not actually have to address the ED, but just get my body healthy so that I can have both. And you just won't recover from e from HA like that. The two just, ha they have to happen together. They have to happen in tandem. Okay, so I hope that that helps. Love this for you, Katie. Ditch that guy. You don't need to be learning his language in the hopes that you'll like run into him and impress him with his language. No, I'll tell you right now, exes for me, I am so intense about like stonewalling them. I had this guy, this, this ex, I'm telling you, I was head over heels. I was head over heels for this guy. And then he, out of nowhere broke up with me. Coincidentally, because two weeks later he was going on a boys trip to Thailand. Mm. Mm. I stonewalled that guy so hard. I was like, I was devastated. And yes, did there were there some moments where I was like, kind of hoping he would change his mind and come back, absolutely. But I quickly was like, what would everyone watching this YouTube channel want me to do. I obviously didn't have a YouTube channel at the time, but I was like, if this was a movie or a TV show, what would everyone want me to do? They want me to tell that guy to out of here with that attitude, right? 
So I was like, okay, I need to, I just, nothing is worse to me than being the person that everyone is yelling at saying, please walk away from that POS. So despite what my heart wanted, I walked right away from that guy and really did everything in my power to make it look like I gave zero Fs about his situation. Like one time he called me really drunk. He was at a nearby pub when I lived in Sydney and he called me really drunk in the middle of the night. And he was like, oh, like, let me come over. Cause he still likes me. He just, we were young and he just like still wanted to kind of try every fish in the sea first. Do you know what I mean? Fool. And so he calls me in the middle of the night, tries to come over. However, I have a different guy in my bed at this point who may I just say was like super hot, all tatted up. So I'm on the phone, I'm like, oh no, like please don't come over. No, like now's a bad time. Please don't come. Oh no. So he comes, obviously, knocks on the door and then I answer and I'm like, what are you doing here? And then the guy, that is with me then he opens the door and he's all like i'm john nice to who are you and then they like shake hands and the whole thing is so bad and i just felt so smug like and then he was all mad and like he knew i did it on purpose but i was like you know what you made me look like a fool and i will not be having that you will look like a fool mm -hmm. And then this guy was like, you know, he broke up with me because he's like, you know, it's just that, you know, if when, when we do, please wait for me. Because when we do get back together, that's going to be it. Like, we're going to be married. It's like, I would never let you marry someone else. So can you believe that this guy broke up with me? But he's like, but we're definitely going to get back together later. Just like, now it's not a good time for me. So I was like, you best believe this is never happening. I'm going to go out and live happily ever after and make you think I do not care at all about you. Obviously I did. I have moved on, but obviously I'm like, I can't let it go. I cannot let you deceive me. We may be soulmates. I may be in love with you, but you messed up and this is not happening. Needless to say, I get engaged and move away. He DMs me out of nowhere. And he's like, I know I said I wouldn't let you get married, but like, I'll let you have this one. And I was just like, lol, thanks. And it feels great. <laughs> okay, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed this lovely piece of advice. Let me know about your breakups below. I'll see you guys next week. If you have any questions you want answered on the show, please comment below, find me on Instagram, all that good stuff. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. All right, turn this off. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back 
and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back, in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with 
or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.